Hey everyone, this is Jess from You Pick We Watch. This episode contains spoilers for Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. If you haven't watched that uh, show yet, that movie yet, uh, go watch it and come back and listen to this because there are definitely a lot of differences that you're going to want to be privy to. Uh, with that, thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan. And this is a very special episode of You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, unless we pick it, in which case we'll do a deep dive into our own picks, which is today comparing the two versions of Justice League. Yep. Um, I, well, last weekend I watched the Zack Snyder one. And then today I was like, I need to watch the theatrical one just so it's fresh in my mind and wow yeah, wow, wow, you... wow 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 <laughs> <laughs> How, how'd you like uh resubjecting yourself to the theatrical cut um knowing what i know now with the snyder cut um you can tell the literal cuts <laughs> in the theatrical <laughs> version are <laughs> haphazard to say the least that sounds about right. It feels like uh, feels like someone was holding a like engraved dinner plate and then dropped it on the floor and tried to like glue it back together differently. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to say this because there are so many parts that happen in like the beginning of the theatrical cut that you don't get until like ha- halfway through in the Snyder cut, which is. Uh, interesting to say the least so let's start I don't even know where you want to start there's so much (laughs) and I'm sure we'll miss stuff but uh, where do you want to start I mean it just makes sense to start at the beginning yeah yeah I guess that does make sense (laughs) (laughs) um you had mentioned to me about your feelings of the montage in the beginning of the theatrical cut let's start there yeah, I'll I'll say that I was when I watched the Snyder cut, um, like two days after watching the theatrical cut, I was very surprised at how immediately different it is. So in the theatrical cut, there's like this, I don't know, like three minute montage of Superman's dead and everything sucks played to set to some really weird and sad song. And um with the director's cut here it takes it starts off immediately as like superman's dying right where the last film left off which i thought was that's a good call yeah um i never saw batman versus superman um i have i really don't like dc that much um however the margot robbie as harley quinn has turned me more towards that way in dc so seeing the end of batman vs superman was good for me because i didn't really know like how anything even started in justice league (laughs) so uh you're right that's that's a good kind of recap from a movie that came out well before 2017 when this one originally did yeah um in the first thing that I noticed 
I think watching when in the beginning besides that part is how much more they're already delving into the characters to build the world. Um, so you get, I think, I believe what Batman goes to see Aquaman and that scene is really extended, I think. And then the whole thing with Cyborg, like Cyborg is the main character of the Snyder Cut, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I think that, so I think hindsight and also um, given Zack Snyder being given a second chance to complete this has like kind of affected where the movie could go, you know, because not many movies get a do over like this. So I think that um, not only expanding all the characters, but also just making sure that they get backstories like that was almost completely missing from Justice League numero uno. Yeah. And watching that today. Like, I'm trying to piece together Cyborg's story, and I and his dialogue sucks in... Everything about him sucks in the theatrical cut. Like, I didn't care about him. I didn't want him on my screen. I thought he was, like, whiny. And then seeing in the Snyder cut how he got those powers, the relationship between him and his father... And how that grows through the whole movie. And how he had, had the tape recorder that his father gave him. And like was telling him like all the abilities that he could have. Like opened up so much in the movie that the whole movie made so much more sense. I think that's the main strength of this new cut. Is that the movie just makes... <laughs> it twice as much sense as it originally did because again like we said it feels like a lot got cut out or just haphazardly scotch taped together so that's one of the huge positives for this cut is just the immense depth in like character and setting and stuff um the other thing that i noticed at the beginning of the theatrical cut and it's only because credits for main people roll in the beginning is i I was unaware that Snyder actually got the directing credit for the theatrical version because I thought it was so redone by Whedon that he had got it, but I was wrong on that. And that's, I could see that being a slap in the face to Snyder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, it just sucks because the reason for him leaving, having to take time away from the project was because his daughter died, which I feel like that would be, insult to injury of you spend a lot of time working on something have to leave halfway through and then they bring someone else in slap his name on it and get it out the door that would like i said insult to injury and do you do you feel the controversy between whedon and all the stuff that has gone on with him um do do you think he maliciously did what ray fisher cyborg says he did i'm not too familiar with what ray says he did i just know that he tweeted something about him being super unprofessional and mean for no reason yeah do you if there was that big of a a thing i almost think that and i i will def i love joss whedon i love his early work um 
And so for me to hear, like, like I heard how bad he was on Avengers too. And it's just like, I let that one go. But now seeing like how much of Ray Fisher was cut out of it. I almost, I like, I can't turn a blind eye to that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still like a lot of Joss Whedon's earlier works. It's just, I feel like he's, if not already, like in danger of being blacklisted in Hollywood, just based Mm. on all these allegations. I know. So we might not get more new stuff from him. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some character, um, as we're on like character development and models and stuff, some, uh, updated character models. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts on Steppenwolf in both versions. (laughs) (laughs) I, okay. So in the theatrical version, I don't actually remember much from that movie, but what I do remember is Steppenwolf being profoundly uninteresting because his his whole like motivation for doing what he's doing is essentially like well that's what he does you know he's he's just a big fan of conquering worlds and boy if he can't do it he gets real upset and other than some terrible cgi and him saying mother more times than i feel comfortable with um yeah i think that all the changes they made concerning him come off way better in the snyder cut especially his his weird uh what'd you call it um <laughs> X-Men sentinel yeah. armor yeah his weird like yeah, sentinel armor yeah i'm just gonna yeah. call it that it looks way better and it's just more visually engaging than the original cut yeah i totally agree his his face in the theatrical cut is like almost like they were trying to be it was trying to be human like mm. um and i like the change in his face and his armor in the Snyder cut, because he's more along the lines of what dark side is. And that other guy, I don't remember the other guy's name that was with dark side. I completely agree there. It it almost makes him more like, I don't want to say like beastly or like monster ish, but yeah, it's definitely way less human in a good way. Yeah. Um, speaking of dark side, I think that adding that in was the absolute absolute right choice and should have been included in the theatrical cut because you get like like darks the parademons are dark sides. <laughs> like I completely forgot about that until like I was watching the, the movie today and I was like the parademons aren't made by Steppenwolf. <laughs> <laughs> or the mother boxes they're like dark sides minions yeah um that oh they originally creeped me out when i was like 11 or something when the um justice league animated series was on because i think or no i think it was superman animated series in like the late 90s they did like a two episode event that was like dark sides invasion of earth and that was like that's always stuck with me over the years because it was very different than the regular episodes I was used to seeing. So it made me really happy that I got to see Dark Side in this movie. Yeah. I think it gives more of a motive and I think that just having these like they even cut out like the real the story of the mother boxes in the theatrical cut. Like 
in the Snyder Cut, they explain that, you know, the three groups of whatever they were, demon witches, sorcerers (laughs) or whatever, held each of the boxes and that they lost their power as those witches, demon, sorcerer things like were away from them. So that's why they all like it kind of lost its power. And then as they got closer, they would it would gain their power back. And like these boxes just all of a sudden are just there and awake. But I guess they put it because like Superman died, they they awoke, right? Yeah. They're a little vague on details with <laughs> how that's supposed to work, but I'm I'm not really hung up on it. I just know that the you, you described perfectly how the theatrical cut is where it's like, Well, this is just here now, or this is this yeah. is just happening now. Why? Don't worry about it. Just sit back, enjoy the ride. <laughs> um yeah. It's um, I de- I didn't think that the dialogue or like the CGI was going to be fixed. I was like, you know, I was like the most skeptical skeptical person about this Snyder cut coming out, and I wanted to trash it every step of the way. But as soon as I saw Superman's face, and there was no more weird face, <laughs> I was like, okay, this this is actually better. And I can't just sit here and trash it. And I'm going to give it a real shot. I was concerned that it was going to be just a re-edit with some deleted scenes added to it. But they actually redid a lot of this movie. And I know that Warner Brothers shelled out a lot more money for like CGI and reshoots and stuff like that. So I think... Let me put it this way. Do you think that the money and time invested in this project paid off? For what they wanted to accomplish in this moment in time, yes. Um, I will put an asterisk on that, though, and say uh, Cyborg, Flash, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman those movies should have come out before this movie. <laughs> Do you want, should we save um, missed opportunities and general gripes for later on or? Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> yeah. Put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're definitely going to go, go that route. I think that um, that's absolutely right for what they wanted to do. They succeeded in a very positive way. And I think it's going to kind of reshape the legacy of, this particular movie i don't know if it's going to affect where they go from here but i think that um i I just think it's good kind of pr for dc right now yeah um it shows that they are willing to look at their mistakes i guess and try to do better um do i think that they should go into every movie they make with the assumption of let's make a four hour miniseries. <laughs> no, like rein it in and uh, just do better. So. I'm, I'm thinking that the whole four hour thing is specifically for Snyder. Like, I think if you had attached a, you personally, Jess, if you had attached <laughs> a, a different director to this project and the same thing happened and they released a you know director's cut i do not think it would be anywhere near 4 hours just because snyder has a very specific style that he makes movies right. in which i can definitely talk about later but yeah i think that runtime's just specific to him 
Yeah. Um, let's hope the people from Blade Runner don't get any ideas because <laughs> we've had enough cuts of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and also the black and white. Um, just I saw that Snyder cut just released yeah. today. Which why not? <laughs> why that might as well happen. I think, I think they stole that from Logan, though. Yeah. Because Logan, Logan did a black and white cut of Logan. I mean, <laughs> Fox did a black and white cut of Logan. Yeah, that came out really well. And before that, um, uh, I can't remember who the director was, uh, but anyways, for Mad Max: Fury Road, they came out with mm-hmm. a black and chrome edition, as they called it, which looks pretty good. Yeah, I actually would like to see that version. I'm gonna have to look for it because I love me some Charlie Theron. <laughs> Honestly, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, what? What's? Uh, what are some of the key aspects you think that staying on this topic that this version knocked out of the park for you? Um, I I really like the character development is really my number one for this movie. Um. I like that they stayed more true to the comics, which I enjoy in comic book movies. Uh, I know X-Men gets a lot of flack for that, for deviating, and that's part of the reason why Dark Phoenix failed so bad. Um, and I think like the black suit, that's comically accurate. Um, when Superman comes back with, and he's, he puts his black suit on, that happens in the comics when he's resurrected. Are you so. are you able to in a, a short phrase sum up why that's important? Because when I saw him in his black suit, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." But there, since I haven't read those comics, there's no like deeper meaning to me. Is it? I haven't I haven't read them either. I just I know like I've seen that and I have a vague understanding. It's just I don't I can't tell you why they did it in the comics but it pleases me that they did it in the movie to appease the comics because i feel like it's relevant it it has to be really relevant in there um yeah i think you're right and that's that's one thing that zach snyder has a a passion for is like telling comic book stories because like back when he made the watchmen that was almost like a shot-for-shot recreation of the graphic novel. Like, it was very accurate, almost painfully so, to um, that graphic novel. Uh, go ahead and expand on that, because you're, you're... I feel like you're more familiar with Snyder's concepts in almost his movies. Like, I've probably seen them, but I can't tell his directing style as well as, like, you can with, like, you're really good about that with Christopher Nolan and Snyder and everything. Whereas I like Quentin Tarantino, I could tell you like all his little quirks. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's not really a whole lot that to me telegraphs, like there's not a bunch of things that say like, Hey, this is a Zack Snyder movie. But um, later when we get to our gripes, I can way go into more detail on that, but he's, he's got, this like fetish for slow motion shots in almost every movie that I've seen that he's directed, he's 
always added in slow motion and again i want to say so much more but that gotta save that for the gripes um he just has a way similar to michael bay of making moments look really cool and some might argue like unnecessarily so which i will say for later right yeah i can uh i agree with that um you said he did 300 yes. right okay and if you can't put two and two together now, listeners, go watch 300 and then watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that um, he's got a way of when something satisfying happens, it is satisfying. You know, it makes you like pump your fist in the air, like with what happens at the end of this movie and like various moments in 300 where you're just like, yeah, cue the electric guitar riff. Yeah. Right. Um, speaking of electric guitar, we. There's, I'll save some stuff for gripes, but how did you feel about the soundtrack being changed from Danny Elfman, who we both, I believe we both think that he is a fantastic composer and we've talked about his music on other podcasts, but he is mostly known for working with Tim Burton, whereas uh, this is a live action movie, obviously, and then they changed his whole composition and added the original composer back, who I don't know by, by name, but... How did you feel about the sound? Um, With the exception of the one thing, we'll put the brights <laughs> later. <laughs> um, I, hmm, that's that's difficult, but I'll say that I I'm a fan of Danny Elfman. I do think that the soundtrack for the Snyder Cut is it's it's fine. It's pretty good. I again, this, I'm searching my data bank of my brain for like things to point out, but I can't. Th those files have been deleted. I just know that <laughs> as far as how those two movies sound, they're both pretty good. Have you ever seen the movie Wanted? I'm sorry, I forgot to add one last thing. I guess the composer for the Snyder Cut is I think one of the two people that make up uh, was it Sid? Uh, what is it? Junkie XL or something like that? It's the people who scored Fury Road. Oh, yeah. really? That's cool. Uh, I I have seen uh, it. Okay. Did you know that Danny Elfman did the score to that movie? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I just watched Wanted like a few weeks ago, and the main theme of the song is, um. It's called The Little Things. And I hadn't heard it in literally probably like 15 years or whenever the movie first came out. I don't, I can't remember. But a very long time. And I still, like, as soon as it came on, I was like, man, that sounds like a really familiar person. And I looked it up and I was like, Danny yeah. Elfman. Like, that I could tell. And I can't really tell him in this movie. Like, it still has a, it has a rock feel, which, which Wanted has. But I... And more familiar, like, I really like when Danny Elfman works with Tim Burton and has, like, more of those almost cartoony <laughs> sounds. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, the soundtrack was, I think, fine on both, both accounts. I think visually, with an asterisk, again, uh, visually, the Snyder Cut is better as well. Specifically... Just one thing I did not like about the theatrical cut was during the climax, there's like this red filtered sky for no reason. Or I don't know if that was supposed to be part of the dome that just stayed up. Um, I don't know. It just it looked weird. 
needlessly weird and uh it just seems like there's a lot more detail on background and sky in this version again with an asterisk next to that yeah um speaking of that dome area that whole like where they're keeping the mother boxes um do you feel that cutting out well like i can't i don't i'm not sure how to explain the you know how they have that side story with the family with the hmm. uh parademons oh, random russian like, family exactly exactly um why do you think that was even included in the theatrical cut to cuz i didn't miss it at all in the snyder cut oh, like no i mean that that was not missed at all it was super not needed in my opinion but I think it's supposed to add, uh, I don't know, just more stakes to the no. fight. Sorry, I got a call, and it might. I apparently I can answer a call while on <laughs> here, so <laughs> my bad. Um, sorry, say sure. that again. So, um, essentially, it didn't need to be in the movie, but I think it's just supposed to add like more stakes to the final fight because it's like you need to you need to beat the bad guy, but you also need to protect people and make sure no civilians die while you're trying to juggle those balls, you know? Right. Um, speaking of that, well, okay, in... Did, you saw Batman versus Superman, yeah. right? Okay. Did they... That fight took place in a heavily populated area, right? <laughs> no, so Man of Steel, the the main... Which I haven't seen, but I've seen enough of on YouTube to know kind of what happens... But the main fight between Superman and Zod is like they're punching each other through skyscrapers in Metropolis. And that looks super cool until you realize that that's like Metropolis is 9-11 right there. Because you're just two super beings <laughs> are just bitch slapping each other through buildings, making them collapse. Lasers are cutting stuff in half. Gas stations are exploding. And I think someone did an estimate of like 3,000 people probably died during that fight. And that's just wow. something that got, got called out um, after the movie came out. And it feels like now they're going out of their way to explain that like, hey, there's no people around here. So we're good. We're good to go. Yeah, like, the Steppenwolf decides to just set up shop in, like, Siberia. I mean, nobody's up there. Yeah. So. I, he, he made some reference to, like, the fact that radiation was there was, like, good, but didn't say why. He's just like, oh, yes, excellent. <laughs> radiation is tight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> random radiation is tight. <laughs> um... So I lost my train of thought because I was waiting for a good segue for that. Uh, also, if you wonderful listeners haven't seen uh, the pitch meetings uh, videos on YouTube, they're absolutely hilarious. Yeah, you need to. I posted the one for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League in the Discord. <laughs> uh, so go watch it because it's hilarious. It's so they're all really good, but that one is great. Um, so we've got, I feel like, okay, so we've covered the most of the basis stuff. Um, what do you want to talk about the 
ending or is that a gripe for you? No, no, I'd say that's a good transition into right. gripes. You know, talk about the ending, what's good, okay. whatever, and then we can transition to what's not so good. All right. So in the theatrical cut, basically they come up with a plan that Cyborg is going to, like, separate the boxes and because he's the only one that has, like, that can, like, handle the blowback of it besides Superman. But they don't think Superman's coming. But anyway, that all happens and they separate them and it's fine. And that's it. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's then, uh, one step further because they established that parademons like feed on fear. The fact that Steppenwolf's getting his ass kicked makes him really afraid suddenly. And then they all turn on him and he gets beamed up back to wherever the hell he came from. Yeah, where is that beam coming from? God only knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from the writer's room. It must be, because I never saw a ship. I never saw anything. Yeah, you know so. what? Yeah, where the hell is that coming from? Because that didn't... <laughs> it, it made me question that while I was watching the movie, but it didn't bother me till right now. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. So, in the Snyder Cut, we have a whole different story going on, first of all, because of everything. Like, It's a completely different beast. So, you will have to explain the end kind of better than me, because I am having trouble remembering. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because I'm having trouble remembering. <laughs> um, I think the, the mechanics and what needs to happen for the climax are largely the same. They need to separate the boxes, and in order to do that, um, they're going to... Yeah. Oh, Flash! Flash yes. is doing so something. He's running okay. a giant circle around the the bad guy's base building up like i think basically he's gonna like super build up static and then shock the box or something which will allow cyborg to like interface with it and not have it like wreck his mind or something and so that's right. going on wait let's rewind for a second because there's another scene that's different early on with the flash when they're bringing Superman back in the theatrical cut, Flash has to touch the box when it immediately touches the uh, amniotic fluid, I guess, in Superman's ship. However, in the theatrical cut, you find out that the Flash can actually reverse time if he goes fast enough, right? Is that... Yes. Like, it's not like Superman spinning around the world fast reversing time it's just he does some kind of portal some dimensional thing and it reverses yeah. time yeah again they don't explain that well at all it just name drops something called like the speed force and then they're just like ah comic book fans will get that and it's like i've seen the flash like season one on the cw so i know that he can somehow run backwards through time or whatever right so they allude to this when they're bringing Superman back in the Snyder Cut. Like he, he doesn't have to. He doesn't hit it right at the same time. He actually like is going so fast that the box drops, but then he hits this like speed force thing, and time starts to reverse. So he pulls it up, like and touches it just at the right time. So 
it alludes to that, and also the mother boxes in the theatrical cut don't cause like planet total planet destruction immediately um, when they're fused. But in the theat in the Snyder cut, as soon as they're fused, it's like it, it's like a bomb that's supposed to like just destroy the world. Yeah, in, like, it's a game over immediately. Right. So, in the Snyder Cut, when the Flash is running around, something happens, and he can't keep it up, and he ends up, like, falling, I think. He trips a lot, but he's a clumsy dude. (laughs) (laughs) And so, the boxes end up fusing, and he has to reverse, and he actually reverses time and gets there like he's running and you see like time coming back which i thought was a really cool scene oh, how yeah. they did that um and then they he, so flash really like saves everybody let's just let's put it out there that yeah and i will say the coolest thing about that at least from me is just the watching everything go from like debris and goo and like reforming the road in front of him and the heroes themselves because <laughs> as that's happening in reverse yeah. slow-mo you're realizing like oh everyone just got vaporized at the same time yeah and i think i didn't realize that until like he started bringing everything back um which also sets the tone i think as well for both these movies that the theatrical cut definitely has more humor and that is a Joss Whedon like staple in his stuff a lot of one-liners a lot of like off humor whereas the Snyder Cut I feel was a very dark tone I'll I Um, I will say that is for sure more dramatic and overall a more serious tone but I noticed I noticed that when they came together as a team there were more like lighthearted moments because the flash in both versions is the comedic relief for the team essentially and i feel like a lot of the um like whedon quips and stuff didn't really land right just i don't know some of the jokes were just more annoying than funny but because the tone of the movie is overall more serious than the snyder cut i feel like when there were moments of levity it's more like cohesive and kind of it, it lands better. Yeah, I I agree, absolutely. Um, going into the more serious side, uh, two f bombs. Yeah, this is actually rated R, whereas the theatricals PG thirteen, and usually where you see that R rating the most is just extra blood. You know, when people are fighting. You know, Steppenwolf's cutting uh, Amazons in half, and it it does add a, a a richer flavor to it, in my opinion. There was more horse death in uh, the Snyder Cut, <laughs> which I was not a fan of. But also, you see that entire like wherever they were holding the mother box and uh, the Amazons when they were holding the mother box, like that whole building collapses and adds like a whole second a whole nother like layer of defeat to the amazons 
because in the theatrical cut, Steppenwolf actually like cuts through the rock, and so you can see like arrows still coming. So like you you assume everybody still is alive in there, but when it like falls into the ocean, (laughs) those are some very dead Amazons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the final part of the end in the Snyder Cut I think was hugely warranted it left it gave it it seemed tacked on but it also seemed tacked on in a good way a little bit if they continued to go down the right path you're referring to like the the nightmare sequence the like post-apocalyptic yeah dark side one kind of yeah 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 and that's i found that interesting just yeah. because i you don't really see that in superhero movies outside of like infinity war when like everyone loses at the end of that movie so that's yeah that's definitely a fresh direction to go in and i think that this this scene works a lot better than the one in the movie of Batman versus Superman because the Flash kind of like it, it's very unclear <laughs> what happens at that moment, but it's like the Flash somehow manages to run back in time quickly and give somehow Bruce Wayne a vision of like what what's going to happen with Darkseid and like Superman turning evil and stuff like that, and it's it's like a very similar scene, but this one's done way better. Yeah. Um. Why does Mara have an Australian <laughs> accent all of a sudden? Because reshoots. I have no idea. <laughs> That's actually a great answer. <laughs> what were we doing three years ago? I don't know. Dude, Australian? Because... She kind of has an accent in in the mm-hmm. movie, like kind of. It's like that. Um, it, it's like that. It's some... Trying to be like, I don't know. I'll say royalty for lack of a better term, and speak like kind of proper and vaguely British, and then this just leans way more into British. Right, and but in Aquaman, <laughs> the movie she doesn't yeah. have anything. Which. That's another check in the uh, gripe section. Yeah. Um, which is probably a good segue. Um, unless, well, how did you feel about the I, Joker scene? I didn't expect to like it because I don't like that version of the Joker, but I I found that to be very compelling, actually. Okay, so before we go into gripes, and this will lead us into into it, um, I also did not like the Suicide Squad Joker. Like, that movie, Jared Leto, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he did a horrible job. But this movie, his conversation with Batman um, is a completely different version of that Joker. Um, and somebody in, I think, Floki in Discord said it that he seemed to be channeling more of Heath Ledger's Joker from Dark Knight in this one than like his own Joker from Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um it just it was really cool because 
the I feel like the fact that the Joker was in that scene doing exactly what he was doing made that post credit scene better because he's the one who's like, you know, poking Batman's wound of like uh, what Mira said. Who has he ever loved that he's had to watch die or something? And then the Joker is basically like, I don't know, everyone <laughs> and keeps pushing those buttons until Batman's like, I'm going to kill you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, super good. So let's, but what else? What else was in that? Who else was at the end of that? Uh, I thought it was Deadshot, but it's not Deadshot. It's, um, yeah, which I find them very similar, and I don't know why, Mm-mm. but I don't know DC Comics, <laughs> They're... so my apologies. Well, um, fun little piece of trivia is that Deadpool is actually a parody of Deathstroke, so even their names are only like one wow. letter apart, because uh, Deathstroke's real name is Slade Wilson, and... Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson. <laughs> yeah. That's um, funny. I think the I fact that. that he's with um he's like teamed up with Batman at the end of that post credit scene undercuts the previous like mid credit scene or wherever that one was. Cause it's basically him going out for revenge against Batman. Yeah. Uh I did not like this can lead us into our gripes. That whole Lex Luthor, whatever scene with him, I didn't understand. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I don't think it was necessary. Yes, I I think it's but... only. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, the only purpose of that scene <laughs> is to introduce who Deathstroke is and how dangerous he is. Because I don't think they could have worked that into that final credit scene. Right. So apparently that was going to be a setup okay. for the Batman solo movie, which apparently was going to be um, Deathstroke <laughs> um, dismantling Bruce Wayne's life and like killing all these people he's close to and just like really ripping him down before they actually fight. All right. And the Batman is going to be the That's one right. with Robert Pattinson, right? Okay. All right. That and that's gonna have a whole new. Yeah, it's completely unrelated to this people. story. So, which I wish DC yeah. would just like. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue. So, that's yeah, that's that's a perfect segue to um. Let's start with what we were gonna start with at the beginning, which was uh, how they should have put all the movies out the the solo movies out so essentially this leads into my gripe of this movie just being too long so it's very hard to justify a four-hour movie and i feel like this movie while i enjoyed it doesn't earn that hugely bloated runtime i think that if they had the solo movies come out beforehand you wouldn't need to literally waste time setting up unintroduced characters in this movie. If that makes sense. So you'd be saving a lot of time because yeah. we would already know like what they're about before Justice League, you know, the title card comes up. 
Yeah, because this almost felt like a cyborg origin yeah. story movie. Um, and if I had got all that in a movie, you know, three years ago, and then like all the other ones came out, like like you said, we'd have everybody set up just like they did in Marvel, and it would lead into the Justice League. The thing is, I don't think DC. <laughs> I don't think DC wants to pay the same people to play the same roles for 12 years, 10, 12 years, like Disney and Marvel did. I don't think DC and Warner Brothers. That's a good point. I actually had not thought about that. It seemed at least when they announced that, like Uh, the order of the movies coming out, it felt like they're trying to put the cart before the horse, you know, with the, having the justice league movie come out and then not even like a flash or cyborg movie. And I don't even think Aquaman came out at at that point. No, Aquaman was after Aquaman was like a month or two after, which is why I don't get the Aquaman story. Like is Aquaman supposed to come before in the time frame timeline of this movie or after? Because in the Justice in the Snyder cut, you see him talking to Willem Dafoe's character, and he like hates him. But in the in Aquaman the movie, Willem Dafoe's character like trains him the whole time. And then there's also the line that uh, Arthur says to Mara when they're in the in the water that his mother left him on his father's doorstep and and never looked back. But we know that that's not true either. And that he was fighting to always go back. Yeah, I could only chalk that up as DC. You know, it's like when it comes to a shared universe, they're taking (laughs) kind of a Wild West approach of like, uh, it it just doesn't seem like they have the same attention to detail or like foresight into setting that up. Like it, it seems like they don't want to put the effort into creating like a really good cinematic universe. And a lot of things are falling through the cracks because of that. Yeah. And I, I honestly think a lot of it is money because they don't have Disney money. Like (laughs) let's face it. Disney owns everything. Disney's just waiting for the moment. Oh my God. Can you imagine? And own them too. (laughs) Then you could get, isn't there like, I'm sure there's crossover somewhere. I think I think there is because I was listening to a podcast about comic books in the 90s when that industry was absolutely tanking. And I think as a event to generate more interest in comic books, they had like a big old Justice League and Avengers team up that never happened again after that point. Yeah. Um, what else was, what was your biggest Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. (laughs) I feel like I've, I've, I have a smaller pool of things to choose from, um, given the Snyder cut being an improvement, but I, I think the, yeah. It's like a twofold thing of like one about the shared universe and then one about this movie. I think if only for this movie, my biggest gripe is just the four hour runtime. 
because my my wife said someone at work said it was really good and she's like hey yeah we should watch this this weekend and i haven't told her it's four hours yet so i don't know if that's going to affect that choice or not <laughs> but we'll see um i think my bigger gripe is just the mess that is their shared universe and i hadn't even thought about like the whole money aspect yet because that's probably where some of that some of those troubles are coming from but it felt like they so dark side is like a huge villain in dc comics and to me it felt like when your first main adventure is fighting like if you've already more or less directly involved dark side in your first team up movie it seems like you're already hitting the ceiling and even if you knocked it out of the park i have no idea where you'd go after that point because that'd be like the avengers fighting thanos in their like avengers sequel you know like it wouldn't have the same impact yeah and i agree and we didn't even see thanos until that teaser at the end of age of ultron right like it was the second avengers movie that we saw him or did we see him in a post-credit scene i i think after avengers i think they do a really good job of hiding him in the avengers but i think you only see his face at the end of that yeah and that's again what you said like the attention to detail that marvel took to make that journey and yeah, not all the movies were successful in the beginning, but they like technically the Edward Norton Hulk mm-hmm. is part of the cinematic universe. And but nobody like thinks about that because yeah. uh, it bombed pretty much. Um, and just to see everything. And I mean, Marvel was going through their own stuff, too, like. The Amazing Spider-Mans weren't doing well. They were still with Fox at the time. Um, and just all that. But they stayed with it and they kept the course. And you, you got to know characters that didn't get their solo movies. Like Black Widow's solo movie doesn't come out till now. But I feel like you know her and that's because another she was aspect in so many of, of the movies. When you have a lot of movies coming out, side characters are able to get some really good characterization, you know, here and there. Between, like, five movies, you have, like, the mosaic of the little pieces of from those movies make a pretty clear picture of who Black Widow is and what she's about. Right. And you get snippets of, like, her backstory um like when she's talking about how you can't she can't have kids like you know that like what she went through and it's just to take that time and justice league feels like the poor man's uh avengers and i think that literally is what yeah it it does kind of have that feeling to it it's yeah, <laughs> it's like knockoff. It's like we all have these Avengers brands. at home. Avengers at home. <laughs> uh, um, I'm like you. I don't have like a huge set of gripes with the Snyder Cut. Um, my one of my hmm. biggest things though that like took me out of the movie is the soundtrack at the like anytime wonder woman comes on screen is like this overt 
Amazonian call. And it's it's funny to the point where like it'll show her fighting and have that in the background. Cut to another character and, and like they have their own thing that I wasn't even aware of. And then <laughs> cut right back to Wonder Woman and it would do it again. And for the whole movie, I was like, no. Because they in the theatrical cut, they stopped, they did the electric guitar, like actual Wonder Woman theme that first time you see her at uh the bank. I, and then I think they don't they, do it again. They might use fine. it again later in the movie, but you're right, it's very sparingly, and I think it's a, a way better I don't want to say sound bite, but like soundtrack to use for her because the when I when I heard that for the first time, and then subsequently every time, it made me feel like they just ripped that from 300 and made it more annoying. And just like, <laughs> it'll be memorable if it's annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's I'll, exactly what I that think. bank scene, though, I just remembered this. Um, I thought it was a little weird to see Wonder Woman move as quickly to like block all those bullets with her gauntlets because we've only seen her like slow-mo like deflect bullets with those which is fine but to see that speed it up when you when you were talking about how some of those fight scenes seemed a little cartoonish that's the exact scene that i was thinking of just because mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm not used to that or if the cg just wasn't up to the task Yeah, I find that in a lot of these action movies, though, uh, a lot of the superhero movies, I should say, um, I find that the fight scenes are done not great um, with the CG, and they look almost like uh, it's like a cross between ragdoll effects and like computer, like you're yeah. watching a, a video game a little bit. Um, and it just, like, you can tell that it's not there. And I'm curious now, because I don't know, um, with Marvel being now with Disney by the end of the their run, I would like to go and see who actually did the visual effects on the first and second Avengers movie versus who did the effects on Infinity War and Endgame. Because I feel the same way about the first Avengers movie. Um, like when they're Ultron. running through the woods. Or is that Ultron? I think that's Ultron. Yeah. When they're running through the woods and like all that stuff's happening, I feel the same way I felt about watching like Wonder Woman getting picked up by Steppenwolf. Like it was very cartoony. And I want to know if the last two Avengers movies were actually done by ILM. Yeah. Because I I, don't feel that. You know what? That's that's a good question. I should look that up after this because now I'm curious. Yeah. Because Hmm. listeners of this will know how much we love ILM and all their stuff. And they are part of, originally started as part of Lucas. I think film stuff. They were, they were people that came out of Star Wars, and anything they've done yep. holds up over time. Absolutely. So, um, I would like to see who did that. I there is some unfinished CGI with like at least one scene where Wonder Woman's like flipping over Steppenwolf to like 
hit him with her sword. There's just one moment where for three seconds, she looks like she's made out of rubber. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I keep forgetting that. to bring up the so... one part that weirded me out was in that initial bank scene when Wonder Woman's saving the day. And then you have that terrorist guy who's about to like machine gun the civilians. And <laughs> we've already established that Wonder Woman is quick. She moves around very quickly. And instead of like disarming the guy or like punching him in the face, she uses what I would call as like, if this was a video game, this would be her like most powerful move, you know, of like slapping those gauntlets together. And so essentially, instead yeah. of like disarming him, <laughs> she vaporizes him in front of a bunch of kids and blows out part of the building because that's that, that's a trailer scene if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah, explosions and I'm tight. pretty sure that's just in there because explosions are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um <laughs> um oh something we did forget to to bring up and i just it's not really a gripe but um the extra flash scene where mm. he saves the girl in from the car crash um do you, from what oh, i've read God. that's supposed to set up his movie um, do you think it was necessary to even have that scene? That was half. That was very oh, slow. This plays perfectly. This there tees so up much, exactly what I wanted slow-mo. to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's supposed to be saving a character named Iris okay. West, which who he like falls in love with or whatever. But you like you don't know that <laughs> they don't say that in the movie. So this, for argument's sake, could be anyone. And he just kind of, like, stops in the middle of saving someone from a car crash to, like, look at them very intently and then, like, <laughs> touch her hair in some way and then get her to safety, which it just came off as a little creepier than it probably was supposed to. But I think that was a very long sequence that, again, this this goes right back to Snyder's style where it looks pretty cool i'm not gonna lie like seeing him turn super fast and his shoes just break apart very cool seeing him break the glass with his finger pretty cool but that's like that's like a whole three or four minutes yeah. that didn't really yeah. need to be there and that's how i would describe snyder's more recent movies is like more style than substance where part of the four hours is five minutes of Jason Momoa just looking cool, drinking booze and going into the water while Icelandic people sing about him. And meanwhile, I'm kind of wondering where this is going. And, s- <laughs> and smelling his shirt that probably yes, smells like fish. absolutely. <laughs> oh, uh, well, well, I, I watched it alone because my wife was like, no. <laughs> Um, and she happened to come up from work, um, and was up and just wanted to check in on me. And she it was came in at that scene, <laughs> and she was looking at the girl. She goes, "Yeah, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, I smell it too." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just it just made me laugh so much. Um, 
Okay, my other, my last gripe, uh, and it's just, it's not even a gripe for the Snyder Cut, but in the theatrical cut, there was some weird, like, Batman and Wonder Woman, like, yeah, was that, love that was a theatrical cut, right? Things happening. Yeah, that was not part, they cut everything of that out, like, all the dialogue, all of their, like, one-on-ones, the scene where she's, where he's even, like, um... Trevor, Steve Trevor. Did Trevor tell you that? Whatever, what's his name? Steve Trevor. Did Steve Trevor tell you that? Like that whole scene's gone because by the time they're talking about that, they have it's like already a completely different movie talking about the mother box. Absolutely. So there, it's just different. And yeah, that whole like <laughs> everything about that yeah. was just meh. I didn't like it. And I, but I did like. Uh, in the reverse of that, in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, that really added. I Batman feel like they, they had Alfred. a lot more scenes with Lois and Alfred, and that worked very well, in my opinion. Like, it added to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank God that they oh, got rid of that I stupid sound. I entirely forgot about for the that. Parademons. Didn't that... I still don't know what happened with the intro to the theatrical one. Like, did the sound... Why did that parademon explode? <laughs> I don't know why he exploded, but he got the sound from, like, when he was flying with him, but I don't know yeah, why he exploded. Yeah. And he exploded conveniently with those three boxes. Like, you don't get any of that, like, the box stuff with... Um, yeah, Snyder exactly. Cut, which I like. <laughs> Why like, did it naturally it goes there? Unclear. <laughs> yeah, unclear. So <laughs> I can't. I can't think of a way to do uh, super easy, barely yes. an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, so, Superman shows up. I've been, oh, cr- I've been racking my brain the whole time. <laughs> Actually, super easy, barely an inconvenience. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god See, they're gonna get this box and so, they're gonna bring it back these little life. Jokes will make sense if you watch <laughs> any of the pitch meeting videos but they are absolutely hilarious yes that guy is on point like he is i don't know who his writing team is or if he does them himself but he if, is uh, fantastic should we move into thumbs um, or is there more ground we, we should talk- cover because I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah. I'm... No, right. I know. There's so much in this movie um, that we like barely, we barely scratched the surface of the differences and just everything about it, where it can go, where it's been. Um, but yeah, I think I think we should move on to our thumbs. We should do them for each movie, and. Um, yeah, because I think that'll be good. Let's start with okay. uh, let's start with so, the theatrical cut. There is no short list of things wrong with the theatrical cut, and it's weirdly enough. I'm going to make a bold statement here, but I'm going to say that there, it's it's not a very enjoyable movie unless you just like flashy colors and like fight sequences and don't really care about the plot or character development or anything like that. I'd say they do just enough right to not completely suck. And 
not everything makes a whole lot of sense, but you still have very recognizable characters on screen. So I could easily see some people liking the theatrical version. Obviously, not everyone hated it when it came out. I think that for me, it was aggressively mediocre, leaning more towards bad. And for that reason, I would give it just one thumb down. I I have to agree. Aggressively mediocre is the perfect way to talk about this movie. I think you nailed it. Um, I think if you are, you know, it's a rainy day, um, but you got stuff to do and you only have a little bit of time to maybe pop a movie in. And for some reason you have no other movies to watch or you want to see some shirtless Aquaman or some Wonder Woman kick some butt or you want to see them together. I think watching that version does just enough to keep you entertained if you don't have anything else. Um, but I think if you want the full experience that you should watch the uh, Snyder Cut. So I, I'm going to go one thumb down as well because there are some okay scenes. Some of the one-liners don't hit, but some of them do. Um, and it's not completely awful. I've definitely seen worse movies, but yeah, just, just one, thumb, one thumb assessment. down for the, for the theatrical cut. <laughs> And the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Bigger, longer, and uncut. The Snyder Cut. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I could do with some South Park in my life. Somebody request that movie, please. Um, yeah, I'll say that <laughs> this poses a very interesting question for me. And that is, would you still think the Snyder Cut is as good as it is without seeing the garbage fire that birthed it essentially so i will be eager to find out that um, point of view when i watch it with my wife but i think that especially if you're coming from the theatrical version the snyder cut is a huge step up just visually it's more i don't know it's, it's got some very cool shots in it i think the cinematography is pretty great actually not like oscar winning but i think it's it's legitimately pretty great um i think there's a a lot more time that focuses on character and actually making you give a crap about any of the characters um again it is four hours though so that's half a work day <laughs> this is not a casual let's put this movie on i was actually watching it while i was working because i'm like yeah. i don't have this kind of time outside of work so um i would say that this isn't like the magnum opus of dc movies it still has some problems i would say but overall it's i'd say it's pretty fun i enjoyed it quite a bit I don't have a problem rewatching it, but I would only give it one thumb up. Yeah, I I'm gonna land on the same page as you. Uh, the <laughs> this is one if you are holed up with a broken leg and can't go anywhere <laughs> and don't have anything else to watch, this is the version you watch. <laughs> um, it. I, I'd agree with you on if I had never seen the first 
the theatrical cut of Justice League, how would I feel about this? I think I would feel that it was overtly long. There was a lot of unintended scenes that it would have been better split up into two movies. And we, and if we had got all the solo films first, I think it would have been a much better experience. Um, but this is leagues better than um, the theatrical. Yeah, I was gonna ask you what you did. There's there. still some weird stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> um, there's still some weird stuff that feels pigeonholed. Oh yeah, uh, Martian or Man forced. Hunter. He so, did. Like, <laughs> Martian Man. I like what's that his name? Better, Martian actually. Man. Martian Man. Yeah, he. Yeah. He was, I just remember him being a big deal in yeah. the uh, I don't even know who that is. Uh, so. Justice League animated series, but yeah, he didn't need to be in this movie. And this is like post credit scene is basically him being like, Hey, if you need right. me for any other sequels, I'll be here. Yeah, and it, there's a part where he kind of diminishes a really heartfelt conversation. Um, there's a few things that. I feel like maybe don't don't belong that actually could be cut um but overall it is a much better movie and I I'm gonna go one thumb up as well um just because you get you get more of that backstory you get more of the story for the people that matter that you're gonna be watching solo films for hopefully so um yeah and I I think this was an awesome thing to do to look at both movies and hopefully we were objective because I went in to the Snyder Cut. <laughs> I was going I was in and hoping I, I loved it, it apart, and so. was, you know, I had the hatchet next to me of like, well, I might just cut this apart. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so um, I think that's it. That's all for yes. today. Um, we are going to spin the wheel. You have the wheel, right? <laughs> All right. Yes. Did you add? I forgot to ask you if you added Legend of Zorro on there. <laughs> okay, I couldn't remember if we did. Uh, I don't know. I don't have my computer in front of me today, so. <laughs> um. So yeah, go ahead, spin <laughs> the wheel, and we'll see what we're doing next. And I'm really hoping for Spice World. Like me and my sister. My sister's about to have her baby, and we just keep making the joke well, from the right. movie about somebody having um, a baby. The wheel landed on the labyrinth. (laughs) I've never heard someone say with such displeasure in their voice, like, my wife is going to be so happy. That's like just hearing, like, the divorce settlement come in. You're like, oh, God damn it. She's going to be so happy. Uh, I have actually never watched The Labyrinth. <laughs> As a 36-year-old well, who grew I up in the time of The Labyrinth, be pleasantly I've surprised never seen it. or egregiously disappointed. I don't know which way. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> even know yet either. Absolutely. But I am excited to talk about how well it's aged already. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that it. True. You can. Uh, <laughs> well, let's take it out. In, this guys. is a long episode. Next you got to get back to work. Discuss the labyrinth. 
provided for us by, I believe, uh, your wife. Probably. Let, let's go with that. It, uh, probably her. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Remember, you can yeah. help uh, choose the I'll next movie we next watch week. <laughs> by shooting us a message at youpickwewatch at gmail.com or a message through Facebook, Twitter, or Discord at youpickwewatch. If you like what you hear, uh, please give us a quick five-star review. We actually have a few of those now, so thank you, everyone, who's already done that. Uh, I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Author Regan Brooks. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadmanMal. And we did get an email. My sister actually emailed us in, but I don't Perfect. have my computer in front of me, and I forgot what it was. So we'll add it next week. <laughs> um, and yeah, thanks to everybody that's put the five-star reviews on Apple. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. There are six of them now. And I never even thought we would get one. So it's, it's exciting. Um, <laughs> come join oh, us on our yeah. Discord, too. There's a lot of fun in there. There's a whole five of us in there. <laughs> so it's good. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this special episode uh, in episode 40, which is in, I think, four. We're going to have Matt back on, and I think we're going to talk I, about I'm WandaVision and the future of the MCU. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. So everybody has plenty of time to catch up and watch WandaVision. Um, I hope you guys are watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I'm not yet. I'm gonna watch that and let us done. know any other series that we and should check out. Let us know like what else you're watching. Or all right, um, I almost said Captain Falcon or Captain Falcon. Yes. <laughs> well, um, he I is. He's in Smash Bros. He is. Is Captain Falcon? Isn't he like in yeah. a game? Yeah. <laughs> Star Fox. Yeah. Oh my Star god. Star Fox is tight. <laughs> 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 on that note <laughs>